Ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, ladies, ladies a leisure, leisure. Hello and welcome to Ladies of Leisure. I'm Lisa. And I'm Sljana. And this week's episode is all about the family. Whether you're in it, you got one, you adopted one, all the things. Yeah, it's going to be a good conversation, y'all. Was it? Was this yours, your word? I think so, yes. Okay, all right. Would you like to go since it was I, your yeah, word? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to start talking. <laughs> so I actually, this this I got really philosophical on the term of family because I think over the years, what used to be the standard nuclear family has drastically, drastically changed. So in the simplest form, when we think of family, we generally, I mean, I think the standard definition is like someone within your bloodline or through marriage right? that you live in the same household with that is defined as family. That's like the basic simplest form. But I think, and actually from what I've seen, that's really not the case in today's society. I think you see all types of families. So, you know, like... There's single parent families. You see women conceiving children without a husband. You know, they're opting to not even get married to have a family. They're just doing it on their own and and men doing the same. And then there's adoption and all these different concepts. So it got me kind of thinking about... Look at you going all deep. I know. It got me kind of thinking about, like, what do you think constitutes a family? I go back to my roots, full house... Of course. <laughs> and how you have all the people living in the house. So Jesse and Joey were the uncles, right? Yes. And then randomly their next door neighbor would kind of be over there all the time. I do think my next door neighbors, I often associate with like extended family uh-huh. because there was a group of like four or five houses on the block that we would always see each other or our fences were wire mesh if there was any. So you're like constantly seeing everyone and being like, oh, hey, it's Albert and Charlie next door, the older couple or the J family or, mm-hmm. you know, Tommy, who is like my age-ish next door type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? How'd you grow up? Well, growing up, I grew up in a pretty standard like nuclear family, mom and dad, sister. We did have family friends that I kind of feel like are family to us at this point. Did you have relatives close by as well? No, because you have to remember that we immigrated. Oh, that's right. right, So it was just my immediate family. So in a way, we actually had to create a sense of feeling of family when we moved to the States. So it was interesting for me because I associate Sundays with all my aunts and my grandma coming over. that's sweet. Yeah. So after church, grandma would pick up sticky buns, aka cinnamon buns, but sticky buns and onion rolls. Is that a Connecticut thing? It it might be. There's there's often weird Connecticut things, but I remember sticky buns would come and she would bring them over after church. Sometimes I would go with her and get to see the Colchester Bakery. Whoa. Right. Exciting times. And then my... Two aunts, so my mom's sisters would come over often and even like throughout the week. And I remember going shopping with them and other things. It was weird to me that my dad's family wasn't around. Hmm. So his two brothers moved like as far 
as you could get, like in the continental United States for being like on the West Coast. And then one was like just obnoxious enough away. So like Illinois and Tennessee were the two places they lived. So I didn't really see my cousins on my dad's side too much, mm-hmm. but associate them with like being cool and things like that. <laughs> like every time we saw them, it was like, oh, the cool people are here. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because when you think about like the original, I, I mean, even if you take it to like tribe status, right? Like the, the you're like when they lived in more community centric mindsets, it's like your tribe was your family and you like stuck with said tribe. But that was out of like the necessity for survival. And now our culture, it's like we are dra- jobs drive how far away you will go from your family. It's interesting. Harvard did a study that showed, I think, over 80 years what drove happiness and what made people unhappy. Uh huh. And one of the key things was loneliness. Yeah, I could totally see that. And yeah, I was watching Real Player One. Uh, we're going across the board here of just movies and TV shows. <laughs> these, are, these are the things I count as real. I was watching Real Player One, and one of the things is people living alone, but they tap into like a virtual environment where you can feel things, internet basically, mm-hmm. and but everyone's living by themselves, and it's not That's like sad, right? They're like it's real, but it's not real because your avatar may or may not be someone that you expect them to be. It's like all the things that are scary about the internet, but now amplify them. Oh, I wouldn't like that at all. Right. So, yeah. How did we get on family? I was just saying Oh, the definition. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was was talking about the definition (laughs) and I was just talking about how the you know, originally it was family was very tight-knit and stayed in one geographical location, whereas now because of, you know, the the job demands and things like that, families frequently get separated and moved versus staying kind of close in the same area or neighborhood or whatever. So we always like to think about what ifs. Tell me. Yes. So what if my family all of a sudden couldn't live in their house anymore and they came and lived in my house? What would we have to do? Mm Mm-hmm. And what would you have to do? I'm going to put a tiny home in my backyard is what I'm going to do. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so we've talked about my family and I have talked about what's good about a tiny home. The little portable toilets, some are compostable and some are not. Mm-hmm. You kind of don't want the compostable toilets. It all sounds so, really disgusting. Right. So, I've already, so my mom has made it pretty clear on what she likes and doesn't like about a tiny home. So I think I got that going. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my dad could probably live in a box. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He would, he would just like wander around. My brother, on the other hand, he could also just like have a room. So I, but I'm very comfortable having that like, what if situation about my parents? Cause like, I think I know their needs. Yeah. I don't know that they want to live with me though. Hmm. Okay. I Why? mean, I mean, they, they, they are pretty independent on their own. Mm-hmm. If you come into my house, I have two butt monkeys that just kind of want to torture you and love you all at the same time. Right. Of right. course. So it, you would have to like come back into that style. I don't know that I would be as good at this game with my in-laws because like it's my parents. So right. I know. So they're your family. Right. Versus your adopted family by yeah. marriage. So I feel like I would have to have like an 
in-law and suite, like one of those things that where like you have two separate, not shelves, levels, levels on the house. So you give them their own like personal kitchen and bathroom and everything like that. Oh, got yeah. it. What about you? How, if your parents had to come and move in with you or I'll even, if anyone in your family. So if there's someone like, you know, that you're like, oh, totes my goats. I want them living with me. Yeah. What would need, what would your fantasy I mean, be like? So my dream, if like life hand life was just the way it could be or whatever, would be that we like take over a block. Ooh, a cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac of sorts. So maybe like... Separate houses. Definitely separate houses, but like basically neighbors. So you would not put your parents in a tiny home in your backyard. You're you're a better daughter. I mean, we don't even have... I mean, we rent. <laughs> so that, that's like step number one. Maybe we would purchase said pro- some property. <laughs> then perhaps we would build something. But yeah, I think that my dream for like keeping the family together would be to just like slowly take over a part of town and like own the neighborhood. My friends, this is the group of friends that like goes and has like beach week together and a couple other things. Uh-huh. They've talked about a street, much like you you pointed out, a cul-de-sac would be ideal. Yeah, for sure. And then if we won the lotto, I think the last place that was mentioned was Carmel, California, somewhere there. I don't know where that is. I probably assume it's it's pretty nice, but something and and then you would have to do interesting things with your house because it's friends, not family. So like they had like a theme house or something like that. So that's like more of the fun fantasy. If you could build a house to have everyone's needs in it accommodated. I think slides would have to be a huge part of my house. (laughs) I would like some slides. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be (laughs) cool, but I think it would be really cool because it almost goes back to like the, the like original concept of like tribes and stuff because you all of a sudden like you know everybody that's like in your cul-de-sac you trust them you love them you you know and you have like built-in babysitters so it's almost like oh this is wonderful i mean obviously it would probably have some negative effects too because like the sense of you kind of give up a sense of privacy do but it's just thinking of like the four relative or not relatives but neighbors that I had around me it we didn't really have a oh my favorite thing that my dad would do when the neighbors called is they would open up the window the big bay window that looked into the other house and they would call it video phone Mm. and we would play pranks on the neighbors like one time when they left my dad put a sign in their yard that said for sale that sh- that he was hoping they would see when they came in <laughs> but two ladies were walking down the street and then asked how much oh man <laughs> oh man so, so stuff like that was was fun right but you had someone to like watch the dog which like last summer we tore like our brainsicles apart trying to figure out what we could do with our dog just on like a week vacay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty ideal to have just trusted agents in your neighborhood. Yeah. Like I even agree. now, just having the people across the street that we know, we're not super close with them, but we asked them a couple of times like, hey, I, I'm going to be late by 15 minutes. If the repairman shows up, could you just be by? Yeah. Just like super nice. And they haven't robbed us yet. 
Amazing. Right. That's great. (laughs) So they're not family, but like that starts to go into like almost extended family, which was one of the things I wrote down for mine, Mm -hmm. which was at what point do people, and you sort of touched on it at the beginning, at what point do people bleed from like from friends into family? I think it's how much time they invest into your life. Like I by blood have one sister, but like between Jenny and Julie, like we've been friends for over 20 years. So it's like their parents I consider as like a second set of parents, Mm, you know, and like our friendship was so strong that our parents became friends. So, and then they've developed their own. So it's almost like we've just kind of developed another set of family that we like have an incredible support system and we've celebrated life together and all different things like that. Have you had relatives that were almost like best friends? My situation, just friends. So my situation with relatives is a challenge because you oh, see again. my family is all overseas. Yeah. And so growing up, like I, I guess this is another point of family, which is I think kind of unique, but like my immediate cousins and my grandmother and my aunts and stuff like that, everyone has been living overseas and I spent my entire life like here in Canada basically. Mm. So I was removed from not, not by choice, but removed from those like life's developmental moments that kind of, you know, you share with family. So like I wasn't there for birthdays. I wasn't there for celebrations. I wasn't there for a lot of things. So while they're very like while I love them and, and there's, you know, natural like blood love there. I also don't feel like I know my cousins. I mean, I know my aunts better because my aunts like communicate with me a lot more and my grandmother, but I don't really know my cousins that well because I haven't had an opportunity to, to get to know them and to like consider that closeness. So that's kind of the, a little bit unique circumstance. So you would probably say you have more friend family. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Okay. For sure. I mean, my family is my family. Like, uh, by, I will always like be loving and supportive, but I would argue that some of my friends know me better than my, you know, my, re- my cousins and stuff right. like that. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. We definitely adopted Framily, as they say. Framily. Framily. adorable. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because I think these days of whatever, what constitutes a family is just so different than what's, what once used to constitute a family. I was reading. There's, no, you weren't. I know. I know. <laughs> There's an article in the New York Times called, it's, it was just in a student opinion article, but it's called, How Do You Define Family? Oh, yeah. look at this. Yeah. And it was interesting because it talked about how unconventional families are becoming increasingly common. So the number of two-parent households has been in a steady decline since the 1960s. Oh, it wow. was at 87%. I know, 87% of households in 1960 to 69% in 2014 has, so are now two-parent households. So there's, they're basically saying there's more, uh, there's an increasing number of single-parent households. Got it. Okay. 
or families, I should say. So it's just kind of unique, I think, from that standpoint. Yeah, that is interesting. Would you say it's... I don't think... I think it just is not necessarily good or bad. Because I know usually what comes out of is it, you know, it's hard being a single mom or a single dad, but does it make it, it doesn't make it anything better or worse. It's just harder on that one person. So unconventional families. Yeah, I could see that. From I'm, I'm surprised it went as far back as the 1960s, honestly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. But the other thing that I wanted to talk about is what measures would one take to have a family? So one of the common themes over the past probably like year and a half that I've seen amongst some of my friends and, and close ones is that a lot of women have had miscarriages. Mm-hmm. I believe if I'm not misspeaking one in four women have a miscarriage in their like birthing years or whatever and so at least pretty much like all of my girlfriends that have been trying have had one at least some unfortunately have had multiple Multiple. which kind of and which kind of like brings you to the question of like at what length like what lengths do you go to through or like what do you suffer in order to be able to have a family and in some of the circumstances that I've seen is like my one girlfriend she had one she actually and then she had another and then on the third try they were able to have a a child but each time like was emotionally like draining and like crazy for her so and the, I, yeah, and going through all that before you even get the family, because the family, right? I found that it was more stressful on a relationship after the pregnancy. And I've talked to a few friends where after the first year, when you go from, since we're talking about like just two people yeah. in this case, but if you have a household of people that are all witnessing it, I'm sure that's crazy town as well. It is just emotionally taxing to go from just the two of you where like, where's that in love to now this little creature that's really testing. What does love really mean? Yeah. What is that? I bet. I watched the movie Instant Family. Oh, I just watched that too. Oh, did you? Wasn't it so cute? It was really cute. Um, But it was emotional because you saw the people who were going to adopt. Yes. And you saw the reasons why they were adapting. And some it was like, and I've talked to a few friends who, when they were going through the, okay, if this doesn't work, then, you know, we try fertility and then we go to adopting. Adopting is is up there where I've talked to quite a few people where that they, they were starting to head towards that. And then to go through adoption is just a whole boat of stuff. Oh my gosh. We have friends that unfortunately had a lot of miscarriages and they tried, you know, IVF and all of the different kind of medical procedures that you could go through without any success. So they finally were like, okay, we're going to adopt. And they said that adoption is the hardest thing that you can go through. And I mean, rightfully so, of course, there needs to be a lot of policy and restrictions, Mm -hmm. But like even before they could be put on a list of for adoption, like they had to come up with 
disciplinary plans of yeah. how they would deal with stuff. All the things that like, like you wouldn't think of for years. Yeah, like yeah. sleeping schedules. The gal, she was like, because they have another a child, and she was like, yeah, I mean, they let you just have kids willy-nilly without any like sort, so, of sort of support or like requirement to the hospital. Like this is how we plan to raise our kids. But when it comes to adopting a child, it's like you have to write out a feeding schedule. <laughs> like it's just very intense. And I understand like, obviously that's for the protection of the child, but she said that they had to go through like hoops and hoops and hoops. And then there's a lot of like moral decisions that come with, the adoption process. Yeah. So opting to have an open adoption or a closed adoption and like, it's kind of hard. I mean, if you're making, you're making a decision for potential, depending on what, what age you're adopting into, you know, you're making a, if you decide to do a closed adoption, you're making a decision for a child that eventually will probably come back and be like, but who's my real yeah? Who's my biological real. parent? And if there's any health issues, yeah, that kid may want to know about health history. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Just something as boring that, that well, it doesn't have to be boring. But, no, but I mean, you never know, and you ha- it's right. good to have a connection back to the parent, the the biological parent, I should say. But it's just really fascinating to me how intense, emotionally, physically, and financially the the creation of a family is and can be on some. Well, and I hear some people say, oh, when I got married, that changed the relationship. And mm-hmm. it didn't for me, but we were together for like years. But kids then definitely like test like the relationship. And even though I see a lot of very pro positive, like family is everything and like love is family. Yeah. Nah, I think about like all of my extended family and when I talk to friends about their families and stuff and like we're trading stories back and forth, there's always those weirdos in your family and we all have them. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I love them. Uh, but I think it's time uncle so-and-so learned his lesson. Maybe we won't just bail him out or something like that. So then to go and start forming your own family and like what's going to go into that. Mm -hmm. It's deep stuff. It is deep stuff. I feel like I could talk about this all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because there's also, I think about like, there's the European model of family too. Like in Europe, they're very, very family centric. So it's not very common to see, like it's not common to hear like, oh, I haven't talked to my sister in 10 years. You know, here I've noticed more that like families kind of just split apart and that's not unheard of. Like it's not very conventional or it is conventional. I don't, uh, How yeah. often do you talk to your uh, your parents? I talk to my mom pretty much every day. Oh, I don't do it and every day, but like once a week. And then if it starts to get too late in the week, it's like, oh, I better call. She might think I'm dead or something. Oh, no. If I don't call or talk to my parents within like, like my mom, especially like for a two day span, I will immediately, I will get a bunch of missed phone calls. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And my dad, I talk to him about once a week because I just, my mom kind of relays stuff. Got it. Okay. And then my sister and the kids will like FaceTime regularly too. So 
Yeah, yeah that's pretty, pretty solid. Uh, All right, yeah. good job. Good job on your uh, communication. Well, I, yeah, I mean, but that's my normal. But like Johnny's different. He talks to his mom like once a month. Yeah, that's about Alex's with his mom. <laughs> I, think, yeah. I don't know if that's like a guy thing. or uh, It's hard to tell, but I'm like, boys, you will be calling me at least once a week. This is... This is no BS. Yeah. Once a month. Absolutely. And I want stories and they better be funny. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Ooh, we got deep on this episode. I know. I know. But yeah, I just think it's interesting that that's like, I don't think I could ever be okay if like my sister and I didn't talk for a year or something. Like I would lose my life. Like I would just be so upset. Well, and when I made my mind map on my family thing, I wrote out some things, but you know, it kind of came to fruition that we ended up just talking more because there wasn't a whole lot to do with family. But I wrote down things like genealogy, but like I know a lot of my, like up to my grandfather, grandma, we have like some old pictures past that. So I don't really feel like I'm missing out on that. And then I wrote out maybe just contacting like with cards and Skype and visiting. Oh, you could use Postable maybe? Maybe I could use Postable, (laughs) our like pseudo sponsor, even though we've never talked to them. (laughs) We just love them so much. I use them for Father's Day. (laughs) Oh, Father's Day. What what an apropos episode for Father's Day. But I thought like, oh, reaching out to the extended family. It wasn't really so much my immediate family because I do talk to them just like we had discussed. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, well, what about those cousins? And I realized going back over the past year, some of the cousins I have, I've gotten more in contact with mm-hmm. as we've had our words of the week and our focus areas. But I I found it to be pretty solid that I didn't really have a whole lot this week other than deep thoughts. I had so many deep mean? thoughts. You did. You, you like went way deep on this. Yeah. I'm very impressed with you. Thanks. Yeah, Thanks. Good job. Good job. I don't know. Just, you know, I just think it's it's important to... Stay connected with the family. <laughs> so, do you? Uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you have anything else to add? To family? No, I was gonna ask what grade you want to give. Oh, I give myself an A for sure. So, I'm gonna give myself a C. I'm like coasting off your coattails. <laughs> That's so, okay. Yeah. So you had deep thoughts and I just chimed in with how I want to build my parents a tiny house in the backyard. Hey, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about? The ladies of leisure pillars. So productivity. Yeah. I actually protested productivity this weekend for self-care. Whoa, look at you. I just decided I was going to take a whole day of just... I've been like going really hard about making sure... You have been. You've been pretty stressed out. I gave you a mask. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. Did you? Yeah. It was the cheetah, right? Yes. Did you look like a cheetah? I did. Did you take a picture? I did. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll have to post it. (laughs) So... It's just like I have been going pretty hard work-wise and I also was like keeping up with my daily cleaning chores and stuff. So on Sunday, I decided that I was going to rest and that's beautiful. then I went swimming. <gasps> that's your so butter that's off your bunsies. Butter off my bunsies. How are you looking for that triathlon? Things are going better. Yesterday, I was able to swim three laps back and forth without stopping. Perfect. I only need to be able to do five. So good job. I'm doing great. I'm going to go <laughs> swimming later as well. All so right. yeah. In the outdoor pool? 
No indoor pool. Okay. Indoor yeah. Pool. When okay. I, when I'm like practicing, I do lap pool. When I'm lounging and being a beautiful butterfly, I am on the outdoor pool. As long as I just understand these things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and laughter. Oh, laughter was really good. Okay. Sweet. We had a game night the other night. Ooh, look at you. Um, have you ever heard of the game Watch Your Mouth? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to post a photo on the Instagrammies of myself with Watch Your Mouth, and you're going to just be surprised. But the premises is I actually got it off the Ellen show. <gasps> oh, good. So it's really funny because they you have this like mouth piece. Oh, it fits into the mouth and widens and it, And it right? widens it. And then you have to say phrases, but due to the mouthpiece, you're unable to properly say the phrases. So it just turns into like silly wacky sentences town. and wacky Did you play that? Yes. And it was amazeballs. It was, it was balls. It was All hilarious. Right. So Excellent. Yeah. So those are my, I think those three. Yeah. yeah those, are, those are pretty good. Thank you. Tell me what your, your productivity was. All right. Or butter butter off the bunsies. Yep. I started... Pio again. Boop, boop. I know I did the Bunsies ones, even for the, the Bunsy one. So Pio is Pilates yoga. I don't do yoga or Pilates, but I will do Pio. And it is by Shalene Johnson. She's also the one that I'm doing the 131 method lifestyle check for. Perfect. Yep. So I'm back now. I got the all clear with my Cairo last week that we're good to go. So after that, I then had to rest because it was super sore. It was like my bun hadn't seen some butter off it in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Now it has. Now it has. And you just got to keep it going. That's right. So after this podcast, I may work out. We'll see. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Perfect. Productive. I started going back to taking five minutes to think about what I wanted to do in the mornings. So my morning routine has kind of fallen off the the wagon a little bit where I don't nor I haven't been doing the checklist of do this, then this, then this, take five minutes and do this, take ten minutes to do that. So instead I've been checking for about five minutes in bed, like what are we gonna get done? What is like one thing that you need to get done? So that has actually been helpful because then I have the motivation and energy to do it because I've thought about it. And then laugh out loud. I joined a book, uh, a, a book. I joined a Facebook group called Snarky Crafters because you can't punch people in the face. <laughs> Great. One of my friends added me. There's like thousands of ladies in this group and dudes, but mostly ladies. And they post all kind of inappropriate content. And it's basically like Fight Club where... You, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Got it. If you don't like something, don't worry. Don't say it. And no fighting with moderators. Moderators will kick you out. Perfect. And there's been a couple of times where they've had to like post something. But something that caught my eye today was a lady had these really great pendants. She's like, I really like these pendants, but I sent them out to like a family friend. And she was like, they kind of look a little shaped. A little phallic-y shape. So she posted a bunch of them and she's like, guys, does this look like a phallic to you? And we all were like, no, they look like a tube, but good snark effort. And then other people will post things like, I made this needle craft and it says, look at my field of Fs and see how barren it is. And it's beautiful. That's great. Right. I really loved it. So that's, that's my go and laugh out loud. So there you go. 
All right. Yay. Woo! That's awesome. All right. She's done. We're done. Yeah. What's the next word of the week? Next word of the week is limitation. Oh my gosh. Get ready to limit yourself or free yourself, however you feel. Okay. All right. Excellent. We will see you next week. Check us out on the Instagrammies. Contact at ladiesofleisure.net if you have anything to say to us. Got anything to add? No. Hugs. All right. LOL. LOL.